0: Welcome to the New Street X podcast. I'm excited today to welcome Amrita Seti. Amrita is an award-winning artist and the first NFT artist in the Middle East. She had a very successful career in finance, then left the corporate world for a deeper calling, which led to the creation of her new multimedia art form called Voice Note Arts, which merges sound technology and storytelling with NFTs to give her a perfect platform to showcase this art form. This has led to recognition and coverage with Forbes, CNN, and BBC World News, to winning awards, being selected for Expo 2020, and creating activations and installations all around the Middle East, Asia, and Europe. She recently painted and created the world's first sound augmented reality NFT mural at the DIFC Innovation Hub, as well as the world's first augmented reality abaya. Amrita, thanks so much for being here. Welcome. Oh,
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here.
0: Of course. I hope that introduction did you justice, but maybe love to hear from your own words, like how do you describe yourself to someone meeting you and the kind of work you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, I would. I probably I think that, you know, where I get I've kind of caught a lot of headlines, but don't want to spend so much time on that is that I'm, you know, I'm an ex-banker turned, you know, turned artist and then turned NFT artist as well. So I did a whole, you know, sort of 15 years completely in a whole different industry Moved over and decided to kind of connect to my, I would say, to my younger self, to more my my your more creative self. That then made me discover art, and I created my own art genre, which is now called sound bites. It was called voice notes, and that's called sound bites. And then from there, I discovered NFTs as the first NFT artist in the UAE. And because of my banking background, it was super easy for me to to understand blockchain, to understand what that meant and how this would be such a game changer. And that's why I jumped all over it. And I think sometimes for artists who traditionally are quite, I would say, different in terms of like only like they like very focused on art, like even an Excel spreadsheet can kind of scare them. Right. So, you know, this is where I think I kind of just had that upper edge is because I was just able to really pick it up really fast.
0: No, it sounds like, of course, you have more of a commercial business background versus traditional artists who might not have had such a career in like finance and banking. Now, can we dive deeper into like how exactly you made that transition? Like were you just working and then one day said, hey, I want to become an artist. And then I think there might be a second step there, too, because there's one step is you leaving banking to become an artist. And the second step is getting into NFT art. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's just you know how I just became an artist was I just connected, I would say, and I created this style, and I knew as soon as I had created sound bites that nobody had done it globally, you know. So I did go and get it copyrighted. Yes, that is my financial side or my corporate side talking. At the time when I was getting it co- copyrighted, like everybody was like laughing at me saying, "You're not even an artist. Why do you even care about all of this?" But I'm glad I did, and then. And then really where it kind of moved to NFT art was when we were in COVID, right? So during COVID, you know, we all were online. And by nature of the fact that I use sound, that I use this, is I wanted to be able to create an algorithm that took the images that I was drawing and then was able to recreate it into any sound wave. So that's kind of what even, to be fair, I've got that algorithm. I've actually not released it yet fully, but that will come out in my future projects. And then, because that's how I discovered it, right? It's in a weird way, I created like a generative art piece even before generative art piece was a thing. But then I discovered NFTs through that. And then that kind of got me how it sorted. But because for like a good year, that was around March, 2020. And then for a good one year, nobody really, like there were people, but nobody really cared that much about it. And then it was only obviously last year when Beeple sold his work for 69 million. Did that really start like, going crazy and that's when i also created an artwork called what the nft right so in that it was literally uh, in a way to capture the moment of incredibility i would say that the market had for like this new wave of an art form in fact the the piece is kind of behind me there um so it says what the nft and you can see the sound wave and then like literally, just like a, it's a combination of storytelling, voice, as well as like digital art all together. And that in itself also has a 3D animation. So yeah, that's how I kind of got into it all.
0: This is a, a very novel idea. You know, like, so if I'm understanding it correctly, you take sound and then you process it in a way that that sound is translated into a work of art. And that's what you started off doing and patenting, copywriting. And then you started turning those pieces into NFTs. Did it, I mean, this is a very specific thing. Did you, something you just like stumbled upon while you were in your spare time, while you were at work or, you know, like...
1: I was just like creative, like I decided to get very creative and then that's kind of how it all, you know, sometimes you just connect to your voice, right? To your inner self. I'm I'm very spiritual. And so, you know, sometimes it's, we don't spend enough time actually doing that, like connecting to who we really are and understanding what we're about, right? And so as a child, I was always very creative as a teenager. And in fact, my father was an architect, I wanted to go into architecture. And so I always used to be like, I wanted to do A-level art and um, and take it there. But for some reason, I just got completely sidetracked, not because like my parents weren't supportive of it. I know it's like typical that people say, oh, what? you know, South Asian parents are like, you must be a doctor or a lawyer or a banker. But my family wasn't like that. It's just I weirdly fell in love with economics as well. So I'm just somebody who activates both sides of my brains. And, and so that's that's kind of where it it sat at. And then so from that, I ended up just going, okay, creating this concept, knowing that I wanted to explore it more and then developing to what it is. And, and you know, to, to summarize exactly it, I kind of combined storytelling with art and NFTs First, I say a word and I capture the shape and structure of the sound wave. And then each of the lines I draw to match the meaning of the sound wave. So like, hence the piece behind me. But since then, I've taken a more abstract perspective of it. And I'm now, so sound bites, bites, I would say, is my main art genre, which is all based on sound, images, and storytelling. And I've then used different collections, like whether I've done it for places, people, you know, concepts behind me like what the NFT with different brands. So that all sits under sound bites. But what I wanted to do is my next step that I've just taken was then actually create another sub collection under it um, by creating my own language, for
0: example. Tell us more about that. So it sounds like sound bites is like the overarching genre. You've had several collections and you're launching a new one right now. Could you tell us more about maybe some of the previous ones you've done and then what's your number one focus at the moment?
1: Yeah, so I think I launched originally, actually, on a platform called Terra Virtua. They were the ones who taught me about NFTs. The CEO is a great guy. His name's is Gerard Ashraf, And, you know, my first collection was there. And this one I did of Cityscape. So I did it like Dubai, London, Paris, New York. And so it looks like the skyline of it, but it's actually the sound wave with all the aspects of the city, right? And then I did it for like phrases... Like, I love you. Thank you. You know, so these are things. And then I started creating more, you know, sort of different words, basically, like what the NFT or I and then I kind of created one for in Dubai. So when after I kind of created the NFTs, one thing I liked about it is that I was always also doing physical art as well. So what I wanted to do was merge the physical experience as well with the digital so I, towards the end of last year, I created an artwork called Future NFT Dubai. So that was the word, that was the concept and about what, you know, Dubai NFTs are, were the future is. And then I ended up painting this on a massive wall and making, I think, one of the largest NFT, like augmented reality murals. So it's 20 meters long, 15 meters high. It's at the DIFC, which is the decentralized... A financial institution across the world. And then I had the guts to paint the word DeFi, Bitcoin, Ethereum on this wall. But to show people what NFTs were, are really about, for me anyway, is how it unlocks a certain amount of creativity and takes you through this kind of hybrid reality. I then layered on augmented reality onto this wall. And the whole wall, when you go there, you scan it and it literally comes to life. And I think this for me has is, is been exciting because I've created an art genre called Soundbites where I tell a dynamic storytelling or it allows me to take it off a static page into a dynamic storytelling through 2D animation and 3D animation. And then what I then decided to do is then take things like murals or physical objects, attach experiences to them to then connect the user in a more, I would say, sustainable way so people understand what it means, why NFTs and why NFT art is such an important paradigm shift.
0: I think you're really adding a whole new level of interactivity because it sounds like, let's say, if you painted that mural and it was just a physical mural, that that's awesome for sure, but you're adding a whole other thing you could do on top of that. And I remember when you and I first met, you we did the same thing. I was looking at a piece of art that was on display on a screen and then you came up to me, and you're telling me, actually, hey, if you add this filter here, there's actually another layer to this art. Which kind of, for me as like a, a viewer of the art, took things to a whole new level. And it's crazy that you know this is, and for the people in the audience, might sound like, oh, of course, this is like the sort of classic VR, XR, AR stuff happening in the world today. But this is a very forward thinking way to look at art. And it, and throughout art history, things haven't been available in this way until quite recently.
1: I think we have because we are. I find almost one dimensional, like, I mean, I think for me, this is, you know, I'm very spiritual. I believe in being able to access multi-dimensions within yourself. And so for me, this is like a multi-dimensional approach. I mean, what we see is not what there is, right? There is a lot more to what we can see and who we are and how we experience things. And so what this is doing is this is really transforming the way we visualize like art is doesn't need to just be a 2d flat experience it can be you know a multi-dimension multi-sensory experience and because people are so wired pre-wired to to experience art in one way you know they're like they can't believe that you can experience it in, in any other way and i think in the future children of the future and their children will go up to a flat painting in the future and be like, sorry, like either put their phone on front of it and be like, look, this image is not really doing anything. Or, you know, they'll try to zoom in or they'll put a Google Doc and then I'll be like, sorry, is this all this work of art does, right? Like there's nothing more to it. And so all I'm trying to do is show people that art has changed, NFTs has allowed that to change, that you can see and experience art in a different way, but also that, you know, the way that NFTs have created, have technology is now a tool brush that, you know, me using augmented reality, now I'm also getting into virtual reality. All of these 3D animation, these are like a painter's tool brush. And I think, this is what I want people to kind of understand because there's so much noise around NFTs, NFTs, like how to make lots of money in like a board this or like a camel that or whatever the case is. But, you know, what does this actually mean for art?
0: I think that's a really good point, actually, because when I think about people that aren't necessarily familiar with NFTs, what they know is like, oh, an artist draws something on a napkin, quote, turns into an NFT then sells it for like a lot more money. It's this very sort of, static primitive way of looking at it or they see these things like crypto punks board apes like what the hell why are these like random ass avatars selling for lots of money but what you're talking about is a whole other layer of art that isn't just about the novelty of nfts but a whole sort of new wave of experience and what art does which is yeah. which is amazing and creating I mean, like, new art. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, of course well, i mean i love to dive into some stuff you're working on right now so i know alphabite's is the last the latest project you're focusing on. Is that is that correct? Can you tell us a bit more about the latest work that's coming out of Soundbites? Because it sounds like there's a lot going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I know it's it's hard to i think sometimes I think my brain works like really fast and I have to just make sure I serve up to everybody in a way that um kinda of everybody keeps keeps on my journey basically, so yeah, so I decided to i think what i what I saw is that I was creating my sound bites and it's all based on sound and it's storytelling. But I kind of wanted to create a universal story, right? That everybody was like, obviously, if I create an artwork of Dubai, only Dubai people would want it or London or whatever. But I was like, look, as we go into the metaverse, you know, we are creating a new language of our own. And as weird as it is, like I'm from so many different countries, like I was born and brought up in Kenya. I'm of Indian origin. I'm British you know, I'm I'm married to Swiss. So I'm just so many things, but weirdly I can't speak any other language other than English, (laughs) right? It's embarrassing as that, it's awful. But so when I look at languages, I look at essentially like, you know, like Hindi or Arabic or like Chinese, Japanese, all look so beautiful, but it's just shapes, right? It's just shapes to me. And if you look at English, English is just a shape. A is a shape that we've just programmed our mind to read. Right. So I thought, okay, well, what is the great thing about the metaverse and NFTs is that you can basically do whatever you want. The only thing that's stopping you in this new world of art is your imagination. And that's as simple as it is. And I'm, and what I, that's what I want to just show is that literally anything's possible. So I thought, okay, if anything's possible, why don't I just create my own language? Why not? If I can, why not? so then i kind of took the alphabet today which is nothing really if you look at the definition of it, the alphabet is just a series of symbols and shapes um that attached that are, have dictation to, and then like that's created the alphabet so what i decided to do is like reimagine the alphabet for web 3.0 layer it on for my sound bites and then i've created the the alphabites right so you have like the alphabites are the word, like an alphabet is a word, an alphabet is a letter to the alphabet, right? And so then I was like, okay, I've got these alphabites. And what it is, is it also goes along the shape of the sound wave. So you say a word, I say the shape of the sound word, and then I layer on my symbols and my language in regards to the sound wave, right? So then I needed a first word, okay? So my first word is was and is Meta Reversed. And the reason why I chose Meta Reversed is because recently we had a, um, you know, there was a big art fair in Dubai called Art Dubai, it's like the Art Basel or Miami Basel of Dubai, basically. And so it's, traditionally it's a physical art fair. It's been there for 15 years. And this year they created a digital Dubai site, Art Dubai site. So what do you expect when you're going to a digital side? You're expecting NFTs and you're expecting screens, right? But I, of course, I always want to be a bit different. So what I decided to do is I wanted to create a physical artwork in the digital space. Now, if we think about what is the metaverse, right? The metaverse is all about taking us physically into a digital space. But what I was doing at the fair was taking a digital artwork and making it into a physical sculpture, right? Or into a physical work. So that's why I called it meta reversed because I've effectively reversed the the metaverse, if that makes sense. So I created this word meta-reversed and I used my new alphabytes or alphabet to create this word. And so I first said the word meta-reversed, I captured the shape and structure of it. And then the symbols, like I've got an M, it's like for Mobius strip, I have an E, the E is like the dot in Morse code, T for triangle, for example, like just head over to the alphabytes.com for people to, to see what I'm talking about. And then I also did it according to the sound wave. So when the sound wave peaks, like for example, the M gets bigger. When it goes down, the E goes smaller. So it kind of then also gives you the shape and structure of the sound wave as well. So it's kind of multi-layered just in that sense in itself. Then if that wasn't enough, I just thought, let me bring it back to the digital and it comes with augmented reality. So what you do is you scan it over the augmented reality and it decodes it from my language into English, right? Which you can again do on my website.
0: Wow. This is incredible. And so just so people understand, like, okay, so go to thealphabytes.com. And when you have this on display, are you are you selling this as like a one-of-one piece of artwork in the form of an NFT? Or how do, how does that work exactly?
1: Yeah, so this is the cool thing. And it comes with a cool backstory as well, to be honest. So I wanted to create the sculpture. So I wanted to create a 3D representation of this. And so what I did is I had, I decided to take, and also because you know, the sound bites that like the sound wave was like that. So I wanted the sculpture to have highs and lows also to go with the sound wave, right? So I created the artwork. So I made sheets of aluminium, which I cut into the shape of each of the letters. I then like got them sanded, polished, smooth, everything. Then I I dipped them in like copper, gold, and silver finishing. So I had these beautiful like individual pieces of it. And originally the idea was always to have them stuck on. So it would be one big like artwork. But then like, like literally, I mean, I wasn't planning for this. This is where the backstory is quite cool. I was like, how am I going to sell an artwork that, like it's like eighty kilos. I mean, that's like ridiculous. I mean, it's like ninety kilos because it was on. It's mounted on a stainless steel, steel, stainless steel canvas. So I'm not even using a normal canvas. I'm using a stainless steel one. And I'm like, how how am I going to pick that up, right? So then I thought, okay, well, what is the advantages of NFTs? The advantage of NFTs is that you can fractionalize a physical asset, right, into lots of different pieces. But then I thought, why don't I physically fractionalize the artwork as well as the NFTs? So there's 145 slices of the sculpture, right? There's 145. It's literally like a bite of the alpha, right? So it's you have 145 slices. And they're stacked up on each other. And that's what it was at the fair. You can see they're stacked up and go to my Instagram at art.by.amrita and you'll see all the videos that show it. And the 145th, so there's 144 removable pieces. And the 145th is the base layer, the stainless steel canvas with the full word stuck to it, right? So there's 145 pieces. So I was like, okay, fine, perfect. I'm going to be the first one to physically fractionalize a sculpture. So it literally comes apart and you can do it. So there's 145 NFTs. Each NFT says the word meta reversed and gold, silver, and copper. But each one of that is unique as well. So the unique there's uniqueness across that. And then, then when you buy an NFT, you get a slice of the sculpture, but you don't know which one you're going to get. Right, so then you buy th- buy it, and then later on, it reveals which one you got.
0: Well, wow. and, re- and one, one lucky
1: like- collector will, be, will get that main base okay. there. Okay. And so, like, and you you think, okay, well, there's a smaller piece and stuff like that, like the diamond for D at the end, it's really small, and you're like, well, I don't really want just a small piece. But actually, if you know anything about rarity and scarcity, that small piece, there's only six diamonds, so obviously. Even if you get a small one, it's great. And then, the, what I do with the detachable ones is that they then come on a steel, on an aluminium canvas, which I then ship to the person. So it's this combination of physical and digital, which I call fidgetal.
0: Wow, and Rita, this is one of the most like intricate, creative, fascinating art pieces that I've heard about. This is this is wonderful. I mean, so right now, people who want to purchase one of these alpha bytes from the MetaReverse collection. This is the one, one of the 145, right? Is is that something that's happening right now? The the and then what's happening actually? And then what is next after that? I mean, it sounds like SoundBites is is churning out projects left and right. Is the extension, are you going to create another word, uh, the first word of the alphabet being meta-reversed, or is the next step to create a new words? So like what is happening afterwards?
1: So basically, just to, just to finish off what's happening with the alphabet for the word meta-reversed, for the 145, You know, you can go join the whitelist now. There's a private sale happening on the 27th. Whatever's left for sale on the public sale, 29th. And then on the 31st of March will be the reveal. So you can sign up from now till then uh, for that. And I recommend you do. And then the next step from there is that I'm building something longer. So what, what I also want people to know is that from this 145, this is not just like only getting access to, you know, the physical artwork, but it's also kind of, I would say like a bit like a mint pass or like access to like the Amrita private members club of my art house that I'm going to be developing in the future. So it'll give people like, you know, white, like whitelist opportunities for some of the commercial projects that I'm working on, you know, access to some of the I throw pretty cool events and exhibitions, like, both, like, in real life. Like, for example, one event that I threw, I threw just for my community. I got COVID, so I couldn't go to the party, so I went as a robot. Um, and that's when the whole idea of first came. You know, so, you know, just access to, like, you know, just different um you know, different, obviously, maybe eventually we'll start working with different collections or getting access to private collections. So you're kind of part of the community that I'm growing. So these are going to be this one plus my next collection, which will be a launch of the alpha bits. So you'll be able to buy like A's, B's or C's in my Latin language. These two will become like the mint pass to, to my bigger and wider projects. So, it's got more alpha to it than, than just obviously as well. I mean, just in itself, the art is amazing. Like, I mean, for 0.8 ETH, you wouldn't be able to buy that physical artwork from me independently. It would cost a lot more. So, and what I'm trying to show with this collection is that how, like, how you can touch so many different points and really the, the depth of what an NFT project and artwork can actually be.
0: I really look forward to seeing how this this develops because, like you were saying, it's showing new layers of what NFTs make possible. So I definitely encourage everybody to check that out. Now, considering all these ideas and that you're executing on, I would be curious to know how this is something that the traditional art world would view. Is this something we believe that all these things that you're working on will start becoming more like common practice for traditional artists? Or is this something that you're finding requires more education or is facing some resistance from more like traditional art stakeholders?
1: There's just so many layers, I think, even to that answer, because I think, yeah, I think the traditional art market has been very resistant to it over the last couple of years. Um, I remember telling the head curator at Art Dubai about NFTs in the first place, and it was always met with like, "Mm," and then two years later, now they are doing an entire digital section, right? So I think there's this acknowledgement that this is happening. I think a lot of the time, if you don't know something, you're scared by it. And a lot of people are resistant to change. I think, forget like the crypto community or the NFT community, the wider community, are basically, you know, and this is where I'm trying to appeal to mass adoption, right? Like so many people, because I come from an ex- crypto world. I was a banker. I've got, I call them normal friends, (laughs) you know, the physical world friends, you know, like my, those friends of mine, they all want to get in, but they're not too sure. And, and half of them are like, you know, we don't even don't like MetaMask. They don't even know what a MetaMask wallet is, for example. But so what I found with this collection is that it is appealing, I would say, to, to the traditional art market, because, in the traditional art market, people still want to feel like they're getting a physical artwork. So they think again, so they're looking at it from a perspective, oh, okay, for 0.8 or for one ETH, I will be able to get Amrita's physical artwork. At the moment, I can't buy something from her for that price. So straight away, there's that value. Now, it also just happens that it comes then with an NFT. I'm just saying from the mass adoption kind of perspective. And then when that shows up in their wallet, I, I say that it's only when it shows up in their wallet do they understand this concept of digital ownership, right? Otherwise, it's just like a, a very kind of out there concept. So this is what I'm trying to do is to help bridge the gap between the traditional and the NFT space. And that exists by going from the physical with the digital, but attaching layers of dimension and experience to it as well. But also appealing to the degen market to be like, this is actually also something of a wider play that you'll be getting a mint pass to a more uh, wider situation.
0: I think anytime you're doing work that pushes the boundaries of what art means and how you use NFTs creatively, it's all good for the industry and more people like you can help bring this stuff to be more well-known. Now, I'm curious to know, going back to, Maybe some of your like like I said earlier motivations and stuff. You said at one point that you want to be an architect, perhaps, but maybe you were also just into art from a young age. What were some of your inspirations, or like maybe from like an art artistic perspective that kind of led that led to your yeah, work right so now? For maybe me, I'm year.
1: like I've always been very like from a young age. I was always very artistic, very you know naturally gifted when it comes to like painting and drawing and everything. And I always wanted to pursue something in that direction. As I said, I got weirdly sidetracked by economics. But you know, I believe everything happens for a reason. So you know, I am here. But I think it kind of hopefully gives kind of hope to some people that, you know, gone are the days where you have to grow up and be a one thing for the rest of your life, like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a banker, be a whatever the case is, right? I think we're very much moving into this kind of you know, you're going to have a career of so many different things and why not? Life is short, YOLO and all of that. Right. So, you know, and I think that sometimes it's about, I think we end up working so hard. We, we forget who we are and no, we don't even forget who we are. We don't even know who we are. Like we, like we don't even know how to connect to who we are. Right. And so, and I think the younger generations are getting better, you know, like. Not that I'm like super old, but I'm not super young either. You know what I mean? So at the same time, I find that the younger generation are being encouraged because they're being brought up by th- that generation who weren't always encouraged to follow their dreams. So I think I think that we are seeing it and it is unlocking like a big creative economy. Like how many kids are coming up to me and saying, you know, I just want to really forget I want to get into NFTs. I want to be an NFT artist, right? So this is no longer, I want to be a bank on Wall Street conversations. You know, like most kids are saying this is what they want. So, but if I go back to myself as a young young person, like one of the artists that for me really just has always stuck with me is Salvador Dali, right? I love the surrealistic nature of his. If you look at his work today, he's got layers to it, Right but he didn't have the use of technology to put layers in. How he created layers was he just encouraged you to adjust your eyes accordingly. Like, so your brain and your eyes was the filter, you know, so that's kind of what it is. Like, it shows you an image and then they go, no, but like reorganize and re, like your brain and like, let your, tell your brain to go away, let your eyes do the looking, see something else. And then you've got another layer to that. So this is what I really love. And I love the kind of very surrealistic nature, the almost fantastical nature of it. And so, yeah, I'm I'm really like, I dig Salvador Dali.
0: That's amazing. Now, I, I'm curious to know, like we talk about how particularly younger people might be more inclined to pursue a life of art, creativity, hopefully, and NFTs is one avenue for that. How do you address people who might have some worries about how they can actually make money as the artist, whether it comes from like like a broader question there but also something we've talked about in the past how do people know about how would you talk to artists about how they can use nfts to help their career as well from like building a community and, and fan base yeah. customer base
1: exactly i mean i think anyone who thinks that it's really easy to make money in nft's like yes the big amounts of there are there it's there but there's a there's a formula right and you've got to spend money to make money as well like so a lot of the time it becomes like apple says it becomes as much about the marketing as it is about the product right so again like it's the same thing in physical world art as it is in digital art Anyone can draw a painting. In fact, there's so many really super, super talented artists out there. Like, Let's just talk in the traditional sense, but who never make it, who don't make it, but they're probably the most skilled freaking artists as ever, but then they don't make it. Why? Because they're not backed by the right community. They're not in the right circles. And yeah, I get it, the whole point of the crypto world and you go to decentralized you go to a more democratic nature, which is true. But then remember, you also have, there's you, if you're a little like a country, we're talking about democracy, like you've got you and you've got a lot of other people in that space. So you have to understand what you're doing over and beyond to do that. And so this is where you have to build your community, build who you are. And all of that takes a lot of work. I mean, like, I mean, I've, like I'm quite known in this crypto community, but that's taken a lot of work. That takes, you know, it's all great. And I love, you know, talking to people, but you need to commit a lot of time to, uh, to spending that, building the brand, building yourself, telling your narrative, telling your story, getting the community, getting the price point, getting the artwork. I mean, it's 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 an entire production, right? And it's not as simple as, okay, here's, even the ones that you hear, like whenever they say like there's an overnight success, yeah, well, it's an overnight success. Or, or, no, it's not. It's just like it happened, you know, over a longer period of time. So I, I think that also what gives people a bit of false hope that you just come in, you draw a picture of a like a whale or something, and then and then that's it, like you've made lots of money. So I don't know. It's I think it gives false hope. But then it does also drive. But at the same time, if you do it right, you do do a very good job. So it's one of those, right? You just have to hope that you're the lucky one.
0: Just because NFTs exist doesn't mean that anybody can become a massively huge financially successful artist. It's a new tool, but there's never going to be. It still requires work up front if someone wants to succeed in this space for sure. What are some artists actually that maybe contemporary artists, whether they're digital NFT artists or more traditional? that you admire in particular, or ones maybe people should know more about?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, for me, the kind of, I put in my thing that, like, you know, someone like Beeple's really revolutionary and what he did, I just love his, you know, his, you know, 5,000 5, everyday ones. What he did was, like, amazing, right? So this is, and that kind of, just in itself, like, his art, what he creates, he's always pushing boundaries, he's always ahead of the curve. But I would even say, in fact, he was at the fair and we share one the same groups as well, is uh, Rafiq Anadol, for example. I don't know if you've seen his work. It's just beautiful. It's mesmerizing. It's captivating. It's use of a- AI as well. So again, it's more like, it's just people don't understand. It's not just an NFT. It's a, it's a paradigm shift in the way we, like create art. I mean, it's a new whole art. Nobody's ever seen that. That doesn't exist. You know what I mean? So it's like, that doesn't exist. Right. So, you know, and so I respect artists that are creating art for art's sake. Like, you know, with, again, like you've got the hourist with Pablo Fraley's, their gallery and like the kind of things they do again is just like, they create these, you know, like one of the cool things about, again, is about the digital space is you can create like these such fantastical moments. But what is so cool is that then these fantastical moments are coming alive in the physical space. And I think that's also what's going to create like just more beauty. And I think, I think it'll just allow people to interact more with art as well. So, yeah, so these are some of the artists.
0: And how do you see the art world evolving because I know you're based in Dubai and it seems like Dubai is a place where there's a lot of crypto art, NFT stuff going on. Do you see that city becoming more of like an artistic capital and just as maybe as time goes on, do you see where will the centers of art be the same as they are now versus different in the future?
1: Well, first of all, like, I'm the biggest ambassador for Dubai you're ever going to find. So, you know, I've lived here for 14 years. I've got the golden visa, which was given by the Dubai Art and Culture. And for me, I think what Dubai has always creates is a platform for innovators, entrepreneurs, and they've just created the most amazing platform for the crypto and the NFT space, right? So just even this month alone, like, I mean, there's this week, there's got like, Three conferences of from everything from crypto expo to this summit to that summit. this, the AIBC summit happening next week on the 20th and 23rd of March, I think. So, you know, like you've literally got, it's just, and I know so many people personally who've moved to Dubai within the crypto space. And this is where the conversation is happening. I mean, you're getting people from the US flying here to be part of the conversation because this is where everybody is. So I do think that Dubai is, and like some of the, as I said, the art that's coming out of this is, is next level. I do think, I know the U.S. is course is there and you've got the biggest market, but I do think the, the fluences will move across the world because that's also one of the advantages of NFTs, right? It's You don't need to be anywhere. You can be everywhere.
0: Now, what, what are some other like hot topics or topics of discussion that come up when you think about the future of like, NFTs and art, like some things that come to mind for me are like, you know, sustainability, representation within the art space, education. Like, what are some of the things that are kind of top of mind when you're talking to your fellow NFT artists that most discuss topics?
1: Well, I think it's not just when I'm talking to NFT artists. I think it's just when I'm like talking to everybody. I think mass adoption is the biggest thing for me, it's understanding how you get the masses, you know, to go in. And so whenever I'm talking on any panels, I would say, like, stop watching the conversation and be in it. I mean, it's like the only way to do is learn by doing. And, you know, I literally take people's phones, like put them in their hands. I'm like, open MetaMask, download it, open it. Because now with MetaMask, you can skip the secret recovery phase thing to like get a Ethereum address. And literally within like one minute, one minute you can open a MetaMask wallet, right? So what I do is then I just kind of, and it's there, it's that. So like, even while I'll be on a panel, I'll be like, by the time I've finished speaking, can all of you just put your hands up as to who's opened the wallet, right? So this is what I'm trying to do is that because for massive, because you know, there's the two things, right? There's the custodial wallet and there's the non-custodial wallet, right? And really the best tech and the best solution is for you to have a non-custodial wallet, which just means it's your wallet. Like, Don't give it to somebody else to look after because you're too lazy to do it yourself. Right. But the problem is, and that's the best tech because you then have exactly your access to all of that. I get it though, that a lot of, I think what will have to happen is there will have to be a lot of custodial wallets first, which will mean, yes, it won't be as better, but the user doesn't know that it's not that good for them. But They're just, at least they've got a wallet, at least they've got an NFT, at least they're part of it. So you've got to sacrifice a bit of the tech, the deep tech to go for the user experience. I swear, that's all I say. Once you see what it means to have something in your wallet, then you all of a sudden understand digital ownership, right? So then once you have that, that's when I think that then people will be like, okay, well, then I'll just move it to my own wallet. I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been saying for a while. And then I think then we'll move to more non-custodial wallets. And I think that's, you know, and I always say, Web2 is username and password, Web3, connect to wallet. Just keep remembering, life is going to be connect to wallet, connect to wallet. And that's, and I think that's, you, you can't, the crypto people, were too small. There's too few of us. You've got to start telling people, and you can sit there till cows come home you know how many how much how much people have heard about the metaverse but ask a room of people because i do it every time i go on a panel how many people have seen the metaverse or gone to the metaverse and you literally less than five percent put up their hands
0: this has been a fascinating conversation i feel like there's a lot to learn from this and what you've shared is super valuable as we close up, Amrita, I ask the get, same guests, every guest, the same two questions. One, where can people find you? Website, social media, maybe the sound bites. And then the second question is, what's one last message you'd like to leave the audience with?
1: Okay, so where can you find me? I wish you could find me on the beach more often, but unfortunately not. <laughs> Work too hard for that. There's um, person. Find me at on Instagram at art.com by Twitter at art by amrita. My latest collection is thealphabytes.com. So go there and yeah, so that's where you can kind of find me on, on and obviously on LinkedIn, my name is Amrita Seti, so my full name is on LinkedIn. Then take time to connect to yourself and the importance of mental health and inner and personal growth is just as important as everything else.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Amrita. Thanks for listening to New Street X. You can learn more about Amrita in the show notes and learn more about New Street at newstreet.com. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.